Listen up, Sydney. There's a new kid in town. Mick Malloy has come to play with the big boys. And there's no bigger boy than the king of the West, the Wild Panther, MG. So buckle up. This is going to be one hell of a ride. Mick and MG in the morning. (laughs) What could go wrong? Absolutely nothing. Welcome to another edition of Mick and MG in the morning on this fantastic Tuesday morning. Hello, Sydney. Uh, Wakey, wakey, hand off snakey. (laughs) Time to get up and involved. Another marvellous day. How are you this morning, MG? I am absolutely effing fine because I saw something something on TV last night that just made me absolutely laugh my cags off. It It was you. In, oh, okay. I was watching Australian Idol. You, you teased yeah. it yesterday on the show about yeah. uh, this commercial for the front bar. Well, last yeah. night we we saw it, and <laughs> you in Noosa with no shirt on. That's all I can say. And you, <laughs> how's your hamstring? How's your hamstring? Well, I've, I've, I pulled a hammy. Although this people, because uh, just if you didn't see it, basically we recreated the Michael Clark yes. Carlos. <laughs> Footage in the park. Uh, sadly, it's me, topless girls, uh, <laughs> walking through welcome. the park. And at the end, there's conjecture as to whether I've done a hammy or it's just my gout playing up again. <laughs> so uh, that's where we went. Atash, you came in this morning shaking your head. Yes. I was in the middle of dinner and almost projectile vomited. Shouldn't have had a warning on it beforehand or at least pixelate it. Their children watching it as a PG time slot. They don't have enough pixelation. <laughs> Mickey, all you've got to say is you're welcome. Just say you're welcome. Really? I've, it's a little something for the ladies. Uh, a, to, a topless Mick Malloy in a park, <laughs> limping. I mean, if that's not everything a girl wants, Kat, tell I, me, you, you were moved by I, the whole I thing. was moved. I loved it. You've got wonderful nipples. It was oh. quite the sight. Yeah, I, I think the face you're looking for is big badungas. Is what I have. Big Salt Lake cities, as they say in the classics. Anyway, uh, we'll talk to John Bertrand, who's going to be our first guest later on on the show. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a great way to look at one of the great days of Australian sport. Uh, speaking of great moments in Australian sport, MG, I've got to ask, is true, did your mum, well, your mum beat you at darts. Okay. I don't, you know, know, you know, I don't know how to dress it up otherwise. But. Yeah, over the last couple of weeks, you've um, learned of my penchant for, for darts. I've, 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 yeah. I'm, a new, I'm one of them guys who in, at an older age has really um, resonated towards it. I've got my own dartboard, been playing for the last couple of weeks, and then... Yeah. Uh, my mum come down on Friday afternoon. I said, oh, come out and play some darts, darling, after we had a couple of butterscotch snaps. <laughs> I've, been, I've, been, I've been the king. I've been the king of our dart, um, my dartboard for the last two weeks. Well, she overtook me. She kicked she my She overtook you. She wow. kicked my, at 73 years of age, she kicked my She's ass. done you like a dinner. Uh, paint the picture for us, MG, before we speak to the wonderful Maxine. Yeah, well, mum come down on Friday and she's been aware of the darts competitions we've been having for the last few weeks at my house. And I said to mum, when, when's the last time you played darts? She said, oh, about 20 years ago. I said, okay, well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's have a couple of shots of, um, you know, little, little shots of what we have. And out we went, uh, had played darts and we play around the world first and we played 101, 201, 301 and go down. And I just want to say that my mum has a hidden talent. Because she kicked my ass. She was, oh my goodness, her eye yeah. coordination was fantastic. And happy to say that here's Maxine to, to gloat. Put her on, please. I'd love to speak to your mother. 
as she enters the studio. Hello, Maxine. How are you? Mick Malloy here. Lovely to meet you. You too, Mick. That's great. Now, tell us, you pulled his pants down early, didn't you? And you led him a merry dance. I sure did. You sure did. (laughs) Now, can I ask, in the lead up to the game, had you been consuming alcohol or did you come in cold? What happened? Is the Pope Catholic? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know where MG gets it all from now. So we need a name. All the the good darts players have names. What about Mad Maxine Gaia? That's a good one. Mad Maxine Gaia. And uh, tell me this is, is he hopeless or are you great? No, he's a good player. He's a good player. Um, But I think I had that determination because he had his chest poked out and he was going to beat me no matter what. And I kicked his ass. (laughs) Well, that's the attitude I love. And that's where MG gets his killer instinct from. True or false, MG spent seven hours in the pool on the weekend and did not get out once. Yeah, with his mother, yes. Well, what were the two of you doing? Like uh, treating it like a pool bar or something? Oh, yeah, it was actually, yeah. But oh, geez, it was a good day. And, I, and do you love catching up with him? Oh, I'd do it every week if I could. Is he good to his mum? Yep, sure is. <laughs> That's what I like to. Hear. I'm really looking for some dirt, but you're not delivering it. Though, oh, I'm not going to give you any could, dirt on my board. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> could you give me just something? Oh, look out! Look, he's back. It's MG all of a sudden. Is back in the. <laughs> the room issuing gag orders. If there's something you could give me, a little uh, detail about something he did when he wet his pants somewhere or uh, when he, he did something terrible, it'd be I great think, for me because I could use it on right. air. The worst thing I think he ever did, um, he threw a firecracker at my youngest boy, Matthew, <laughs> and burnt his ear <laughs> and then begged Matthew not to tell anyone that he'd done it. And I only found this out later on in, well, only about two years ago, actually, that he'd actually done it. Wow. There's the bombshell of the morning. I'll be grilling him about that in a very short period of time. Please go back. No need to practice the darts. Get in the pool and we'll speak to you again very soon. Mad Maxine Geyer. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Bye. What was the incident she was alluding to? Can you elaborate, please, MJ? Ah, uh, yeah, I was. Oh, oh, I would have been. Would and remember, have been. any of this can be used against you. It's in a court of law. Yeah, you may need to exercise your rights here. But how old were you? Uh, paint the picture. I would have been fifteen. Um, and from an early age, I was. I'm the oldest of four kids, and yes. from an early age, I used to look after mum, uh, my my two sisters, and my younger brother. Yeah, because uh, mum and dad worked two jobs. So from about twelve, I used to get them off the school, and my brother was eight years younger than me. So at this stage, he was probably seven. Yeah, and we're at the, it was the it was cracker night approaching, and <laughs> we're at the front about about three thirty in the afternoon after coming from school, and I got these little bungers, them throw down bungers that you know yeah. hit the ground, they go off. I get them. Uh, Penny bunger, double bunger. Penny bunger, that's it. Yeah, one of them. Bunger. Double, yeah. yes. And I'm throwing them around. Next minute, I'm. Th- my brother Matt said something, and I, th- and I got a little bit angry, and I threw one at him, but it got stuck in his in his earlobe and started burning half his ear off. He's running around the yard, going, "Oh my ear, my ear, my ear." I went, "Oh mate, poor my." Well, I was worried about that. He told you tell mum and dad. So I said, "Look, just say it was someone who walked past. A couple of kids walked past, and I throwing bungers at us." And up until. Three years ago, mum and yeah. dad thought that was a story until one night we were on the drink and I said, Buffer, tell them, tell mum and dad what, tell what, them what happened. happened that day. 
And he did. I, and he, and he what, what, he, what was your mum's reaction? Oh, you bastard. <laughs> what would you do that to your younger brother for? But but imagine, I, if, I, that, if, if that had gone off in his ear, boom. Oh, he's, oh, never, he's never hearing anything ever again, yeah, is he? It was silly. It was very silly. <laughs> very silly. Well, but that was Cracker Night back in the yes. day, wasn't it? We used to yeah. stand in the street and throw them at each other and put them in letterboxes. Yeah. And, you know, put a Catherine wheel at the back of the house. And <laughs> what, what, what's, the, what's the ones that shoots the balls? <laughs> at Fireballs. Fireballs. Yeah. Uh, or the paint something, something paint. One of those between the butt cheeks as you bend over and strafe the house. <laughs> I mean, this was all part of the the magic of Kraken. Isn't that one of the, you know, if all the things that have gone missing over the years, uh, the unbridled illegal joy of lighting shit and, <laughs> and setting fire to stuff <laughs> and possibly maiming yourself. Oh. Ah, it was a good time to be alive. <laughs> Checking the latest online. It's Mick Talk. Because I am so socially media savvy and across all platforms and know how to boot up, I believe is the phrase we're looking for. You're very big on LinkedIn. What's LinkedIn? Well, you're big on my face. I mean, my space. All right, if you're just tuning in. No idea what's going on. I've been I've been slutting around on all, all yes. the social media networks, and look what I've found here. This story oh. is doing the rounds. This is trending now. Pamela Anderson uh, recalling this is from her biography. Why is no one giving me this? Get rid of that idiot, Harry. Get rid of spare. Yeah. Right, and get on to the biography of Pamela Anderson. Uh, we're already, I'm learning, uh, one of the great stories is catching Jack Nicholson in the threesome at the Playboy Mansion. God, I, some, you know, sometimes you look at people's lives and you go, gee, I wish I was that guy. <laughs> A threesome at the, at the Playboy okay. Mansion. Yeah, that, you know what, that's quite tame by their standards. It's usually, yeah. it's usually, uh. Eight or nine to get a game going. <laughs> I always remember Hugh. What's his name? Hugh Hefner. Hugh, I was going to say Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Hugh, Hugh Hefner. I always imagine him trying to have sex with all those girls he's surrounded with. And all I can imagine is a team of people pushing his bottom up and down yeah. as, <laughs> as, as oxygen masks drop from the roof above the bed with, with purple tablets. <laughs> <laughs> with with a, with a purple tablet the size of a football. <laughs> now, Pamela Anderson recalls catching Jack Nicholson in a threesome at the party. Uh, how good is that? Imagine how walking good. in on that. I'd still be asking him fanboy questions, even <laughs> as he was going at it, hammer and tong. Um, so there's just a little bit, and there's other bits. I imagine she talks about her sex video. Uh, she talks about, you know what she talks about? She talks about Tim Allen from Home Improvements flashing her on the first uh, time she met him, you know, because she used to play uh, the role of um, uh, you know, the, the, the tool girl. On, tool girl. That's and right. This is pre-Baywatch. Yes. You seem to know a bit about this, MG, been following. Well, I have had a look at the extracts of the uh, book, and I'm, I'm, go- I'm, I'm like you, I'm going to be very interested in reading it. Because we might get you to do a talking with, book uh, version. <laughs> she slept with Julius Assange as well. Mm. A Julian Assange, yeah, in an embassy. That's yes. That's a think about this. That's a good life for that guy. Everyone goes, oh, it's so sad. He's holed up in the <laughs> Ecuadorian embassy. Right? 
He's getting free food and board, and Pamela Anderson comes round. Oh, hello. Get a game going. And all he has to say is, next time, bring me some ciggies. <laughs> I mean, talk about guys you want to be. I don't feel sorry for Julian Assange. I reckon that was his end game all along. It'd be a bit woofy, that room of his, oh. in that embassy, wouldn't it? That, I tell you what, you would have left all the windows open when he left. <laughs> Given that, given that old thing, a steam clean. Oh, look, we've got more stories to get through, but we just can't do it because Mick Tock, as always, has delivered. Uh, hang on. Now, before we go, Tash, you're there. I want to know, what were you banging on about? Some Something something huge that's happened that's getting a trending now? Of course, Supermodels You come straight to mind. Of course, G'day USA. Yeah, Ange Bishop yep. was over there hosting it. All the celebs, Aussie celebs, hit the red carpet. Sure. This happened over the weekend. And Miranda Kerr was posing with Katy Perry. Now, the breakdown of that, MG, you'd know all of this as well, is Katy Perry is now married to Miranda Kerr's ex, Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom, yeah. Uh, and they were all involved in a threesome with Jack Nichols. <laughs> Thrupple. It's called a thruple. Just, oh, hang on. Me, I hang on. Was Pamela Anderson just delivering important documents? That's what I thought, because she's quite an advocate to Julian Assange. There's uh, important documents and a dinger. <laughs> is, is what I believe. Okay, we need to go now. Cause we've got we do. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Thanks for being involved in that. talk again. <laughs> it's Mick and MG in the morning on Triple M. <laughs> Guys, every so often a story comes across my desk, which makes me shiver which leaves me cold. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm conflicted because on the one hand, I love chicken. Uh, on the other hand, I really like restaurant hygiene. Uh, and I, I like the two working in tandem. But when they're not, I start to wonder uh, what goes wrong. Sydney Charcoal, a chicken restaurant, Rooster and Grill, issued food safety hygiene fines after council inspection. Now, I admit the photos don't look good, but I also admit the photos are making me hungry. <laughs> Which way do I break on this? Uh, this? We've all come across this at some stage and we've received a dodgy meal and there's nothing uh, when you love your food like I clearly do. I refer to pictures of me with shirt off. Uh, that it really gets inside me. It gets it gets in my grill. Um you know, I'll have a kebab from a van. I'll eat a dim sim from a bomeray. I really question it. You know, I'll ask for sometimes something I've purchased, uh, like a potato scallop to go down to forensics before I eat it. But I'll still have a crack. Now, let's talk about this, because I reckon we've all here in this room had a dodgy meal, and I reckon everyone listening has had a dodgy meal at some stage. One triple three five three. Can I tell you, this is the most frightening story ever happened to me. I went to a restaurant once for dinner, and uh, I left my credit card there by accident. So I went back the next day to reclaim my credit card, and I walked into the restaurant, which was closed, um, and no one was there. Then I heard a noise out the back, and I'm going, hello, hello, is there someone here? Uh, no answer, so I walk out the back, I look in the kitchen, no one there. I hear a noise coming from the bathroom, so I go into the bathroom, the toilets, and there, sitting on a cubicle with the door opened, is the chef shelling peas. What? Is that code? 
He is on the bathroom. No, he's on the toilet with a colander shelling peas. Did he have gloves on? I'm trying to work out, what did I order last night? Please tell me it wasn't the pie floater. Please tell me it wasn't pea soup. What the hell is that? You can't be doing that. Dodgy Mills Tash, if you had one. I, I've had plenty of dodgy meals in my life, but one of my all-time one. most sickening story was a girl I used to work with had gone to a cafe and I was in the room with her and she had this creamy pasta dish. Mm. And I was there with her and she was eating it, one of my favourite pasta dishes. And then she said, what is that? And I saw her and I said, is everything all right? And in her mouth she pulled out a bloody Band-Aid. <laughs> and then when she went back to the cafe to complain oh. – the guy said, what evidence do you have that we put that in there? And she said, what, do you think I'm going to get a bloody Band-Aid and put it in the pasta to sue you? So what evidence do we have? Uh, it's the scab on the chef's knee. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I would have said. Uh, 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 that's like a seasoner. That's like a flavour bit of, oh, my God. MG, what about you, Dodgy Meal? I actually missed the game um, back in the day. Uh, on our bus ride down to Canberra, we stopped at Goulburn and – we had about 20 minutes to go in and get something to eat. I ran in and got a, uh, a pre-packed chicken and mayonnaise sandwich, which I, I usually, they're my go-to. And about mayonnaise. What could go wrong? Exactly. 35 minutes later, I've started to feel the, the stomach rumbling. Mm. 40 minutes later, I'm spewing in the back of the bus. Oh. An hour later, we've arrived at the game and I'm, they've put a line through me. I couldn't play. I, <laughs> I had food poisoning. I had food poisoning for about a week. Office. Food poisoning is not good. No. Hey, here's one for you. Uh, and you're going to... Laugh at the stupidity of this, but I got food poisoning once. Uh, I'd been out and I'd been drinking, uh, had a big night, and I was coming home. It was about four in the morning. Went to a twenty-four hour service station to look for some hot food. Yep. I said there was nothing in the pie rack or the sausage roll. I said, "Mate, you got any hot food?" He goes, "Yep," and he pointed to a vending machine <laughs> that dispensed hot cans of meat. So I went bingo. Now, remember, it's 4 o'clock in the morning at a 24-hour service station, and I've purchased a tin of braised meat. One of those ones where you rip the the top off the can and eat it. Like like Pal. Yeah, it'll come as no surprise to you that within 10 minutes, (laughs) uh, I was was vesuvicing from both ends. That's a dumb call, isn't it? Imagine how many times that vending machine has been turned on and off. <laughs> and that's a cat. What about you? You were quiet in the last segment. If you, uh, I, I had one in a late night in Perth, and I went to a kebab shop, and my friend was Good. sitting across from me, and he was just staring at my kebab. And he was so blind, he thought the lettuce was moving, so he thought he needed to go home. And a caterpillar had crawled from the bottom of my kebab. <laughs> Up through the lettuce to the top, just as I was in my open mouth, was about no. to eat, and suddenly he went, Stop. <laughs> and he's like, I thought I was so drunk, your lettuce was moving. I was like, No, well, kids, don't do acid. Don't do yeah. acid. Well, <laughs> well, at least you know it's fresh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> With or without centipede. Have we got some calls there, Kat? We do. Mark, what was a dodgy meal you had? I was out at a Chinese restaurant with, a, with entertaining a group of people, and in the meal, I've looked and I've found a cigarette butt. Oh, yeah. I've, called, I've called the waiter <laughs> discreetly. I didn't want anyone else to know. And I asked him to take it away. And he took yeah. it away and he came back and he said, you're not allowed to smoke at the table. <laughs> <laughs>
He's blamed uh, you. Ah, uh, that's a good one, isn't it? That's to your back. I tell you what, if that came round, I'd I'd be pushing that round on the lazy season. I'd, <laughs> I'd, sa- I'd save myself and throw someone else under the bus. I'm surprised he didn't come back and go. Oh, that's in Chinese culture. That's good luck. That's that's Very from Year of the Siggy. <laughs> 1947. Can I ask what type of singing it was? I mean, if it was a menthol, I would have really dirtied up. But do you know what it was? It was just a butt. Just it was a just, just a butt. butt. Uh, well done, Mark. Pretty good story. <laughs> Kathy's on the line. Hi, Kathy. What's the meal? Oh, hi. Um, look, my sister-in-law was on her way to work. And she yep. went to the bakery and she bought uh, custard tart. She got yes. to work. Morning tea time. She said, oh, this must be a special one. Must be a rice custard tart. Looked a bit closer. It was maggot custard tart. Oh, maggots. Oh. Okay. Oh. All right. Uh, that's going back to the kitchen, that is. There. <laughs> That's a good delicacy in some Every countries. time. Uh, good calls. Question without notice, guys. How often do you change your own bed sheets? Kat, we'll start with you. Uh, I aim for once a week, but it usually is twice. It usually yeah, is every second. Good for you. MG? Yeah. Uh, a bit longer. Maybe once every couple of months. <gasps> oh, my God. Well, you're on the zone. And look, I can't talk. I've got a bed sheet that looks like the shroud at Turin. It's got <laughs> the imprint. My imprint. Nailed all over it. And by the way, that's not the crown of thorns you're looking at at that end. <laughs> hey, it's no good. But where, uh, MG, this is alarming. Uh, a survey has come out. According to beloved Aussie science expert, Dr. Carl Krasinski, oh, yeah. uh, it depends on your lifestyle factors, where you live or whether you have pets or if you shower before you go to bed. But as a general rule of thumb, you should be aiming to wash your sheet, uh, your bed sheets, once a fortnight. Um, British men have admitted their bedding sees inside of a washing machine only once a year. (laughs) And their skin. Oh, wow. You don't fold them, you snap them. (laughs) They they, they walk to the laundromat on their own. (laughs) Get that down to forensics. Tell you. The average recommendation is you wash them at least once every two weeks uh, because each day you shed 1.5 grams of dead skin. Uh, and that and that feeds millions of dust mites. I, I've had bed bugs that have uh, complained about my sheets. <laughs> what bed bugs? Uh, sorry, Mick. No, Mick, you've gone too far. <laughs> we, we are done. Stop top and tailing and wash them. Uh, this is incredible. Um, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about. Well, no, let's do it now. Time magazine. And if you're in a hotel room, you might not even be getting. Uh, that kind of service. Uh, hygiene in hotel rooms is, uh, depending on the hotel room, uh, quite beyond the pale. Time magazine's found that the single dirtiest item in a hotel room was the remote. Oh, oh yeah. I agree. Yeah, nice. and yet you just can imagine how many hands that passes through and, and what people are doing yeah. when oh. it passes through their hand. You know what? The worst feeling in the world is getting into a hotel room and and picking up a greasy remote. Oh. Mm. That will ruin your day. Uh, the remote uh, can deliver bacteria readings as high as 498 times the acceptable level. Yeah. Uh, experts recommend putting the remote in a clear plastic bag when using it <laughs> to avoid contracting a cold or another. 
Wow. Uh, I know people who take their own remotes to hotel rooms, by the way. Um, the average hotel elevator button yes. has 1,477 times more germs. Uh, you know, you talk about the couch, you might want to turn the turn the lights down and check the luminol like, like they do in those crimes. Yeah, with the blue light. <laughs> uh, because as Dr. Carl points out, uh, this will ruin your hotel stay forever. Semen stains on white cotton sheets oh. can survive six trips through the industrial-grade washing no. machine. No. Enjoy your stay. Oh, Dr. no. Dr. Carl, does he test these? <laughs> that is horrifying. <laughs> Gaia, he's over his head. What a try. Big Mark Gaia towering over him. MG Sport Report. So massive news overnight. Um, let's first start with former All Black prop uh, 43-year-old Campbell Johnson, um, who has publicly come out as a gay man on New Zealand television in a first for the national rugby team. So uh, to, um, to Campbell Johnson, well done, son. Well done, because if that changes one kid's life um, going forward, you've done a fantastic job. Um, Steve Smith overnight, he, um, he's up in some rare air because he won the AB medal, the Allen Border medal. Uh, the 33-year-old joins Ponting and Clark as the only players to win the award four times. That's an amazing effort. And Beth Mooney won the Belinda Clark Award for the second time in three years. The Test Player of the Year was Usman Khawaja. The one, uh, the ODI Player of the Year was Davey Warner. And the T20 Player was Marcus Stoinis. But in other big news, the Super Bowl yesterday was decided when Kansas City Chiefs are heading to the Super Bowl for the third time in four years. Unbelievable. Being, yeah, they were great. It was a team. great game, wasn't it? Yeah. Insane finish. Fantastic game, Mickey. After beating the Cincinnati Bengals, who kind of blew it 23-20 yesterday, they'll take on Philadelphia Eagles. And this is where the story for Aussie starts because Jordan Maylada, remember the name. He, he played junior footy for South Sydney in the under-20s. Um, he was a 233rd draft pick. Uh, he was too big to play rugby league. So in 2017, he went over to the NFL. He's six foot eight. 166 kilos, and he is a fantastic player. Also joining him might be uh, ex and Kilda kicker uh, or player Aaron Sipos, who is a, is a punter, uh, but he has an ankle injury at the moment. There's only been one player uh, to win a Super Bowl from Australia, and that was uh, Jesse Williams, but he didn't make the field. He, he got the award, but he didn't make the field, so Big yep. Jordan could be the first player to do so. Eagles fly. Where did this come from? That ambush. Eagles fly. On the road to victory. Man, that's awesome. Growing up in another country, and when did you first hear of the Super Bowl, and now you're going to be playing in it? I uh, first heard of the Super Bowl when uh, Beyonce was performing at halftime show. <laughs> um, so shout out to uh, Beyonce. And now we get Rihanna. So, yeah, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> we'll try and get That's the attitude. Yeah, we'll try and get him on the next couple of weeks because they play twelfth uh, of Feb. So in the next week, we'll try and get big J, the big J man on. Now, one of the greatest moments in Australian sport. No one can accuse Australia Two of doing it the easy way, and Australia Two sailed to a forty-one second victory. They're about to cross the line. They make a final move. John Bertram and his crew have done a fine job today. On the Newport waterfront, it was chaos and ecstasy as Australia 2 was hauled out. Tell you what, any boss who sacks anyone for not turning up today is a bum. <laughs> so Australia 2, skippered by John Bertram, wins the America's Cup, breaking the longest winning streak in sports history of 132 years. Familiar strains of waltzing Matilda filtered out across the swan. 
Well, if you're old enough, you all remember where you were when Australia 2 crossed the line for that famous victory. Possibly the greatest moment in the history of Australian sport. And the man, uh, the brains behind it, or one of them, and the skipper, the man behind the wheel, joins us now, John Bertrand. John, were you aware of the significance of that sporting moment when you achieved it? <laughs> well, first of all, good morning, Mick. Hello, um, mate. How are you? And MG's uh, with us, too. Good day, Johnny. Um, look, you know, we couldn't have... Uh, probably about a quarter of really what was happening, you could you could visualise or, you know, comprehend. We had no idea just the enormity of what was happening back home now. Um, it's gone into folklore now, and as I said, we had a Prime Minister telling people not to go to work. We had the magic of a wing keel that was revealed uh, quite theatrically afterwards. How much of that was real, and how much of that was mind games uh, with the American team? Well, the, the wing keel was really interesting. It was a very, very... It was a terrific techno- technological development, but the differential in speed was minute. However, the fact that we kept, the, you know, in hindsight, we kept the keel covered, it became a major issue for the Americans, and they tried to disqualify <laughs> us and all these different things. And, you know, the, the Americans are highly competitive people. I tell people they'll eat their grandmother if required. Didn't they send a diver down yeah. to try and photograph the keel? They, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. Yep, divers. Uh, they, the New York Health Club sent some people up to uh, uh, to Holland to see whether they can get an affidavit to say that Ben Lexon, our designer, was not the originator of the wing keel. And, <laughs> you know, they, were, they were not in the business of losing, put it that way. No. It was amazing, John, the fact that it was 132 years, the drought, um, and Dennis Connor, your counterpart, was uh, such a competitor. Um, yes. When did you kind of realise, as Mickey said earlier, that the the magnitude of what you did, I, I suppose a lot of people who weren't really into sailing all of a sudden overnight were because this was one of them things that, that galvanised the whole of Australia. Well, you know what? I'm still realising it. People still literally come up to me every day in the street to tell me not what I was doing, but what they were doing when we crossed yeah. the line. You know? <laughs> yeah. it, it affected so many people. It's, it, it's mind-boggling. You know, it was a yacht race, a sporting event, but it was in. Looking back on it, you know, we're going through a tough drought. This was 1983. We had a recession on, which was part of a global recession. We also had bushfires. You know, the country was down on its knees, and we, we came back, you know, looking back on it, from 3-1 down to, to beat the Yanks. And it was the first time, I think, that Australia won on the international scene in such a big big manner. Wow. People forget that. You were 3-1 down uh, at one stage. And against uh, uh, a, a crack outfit... and. Probably the biggest asshole in sailing history, Dennis Connor. What was your relationship like? Is this true or false? You refused to refer to him by name or the team boat by name? Well, that's right. Just part of the deal, I won't comment on Dennis, you know, because we're, we're associates, lifelong associates and so on. But, <laughs> but, yes. But, but uh, the reality, you know, it was a psychological hurdle. It was the a little bit like climbing Everest. No, no, everyone had done it before or breaking the four-minute mile. It, it was this huge psychological uh, barrier to overcome as well as a technological barrier. And uh, so we didn't, yeah, so we, I didn't refer to Dennis by his name or <laughs> in the no, boat boy. Liberty, we, we just called the Red Boat, you know, to yep. dehumanise the whole thing you know, uh, your, from our your, perspective. 
your autobiography, Born to Win, is the greatest selling autobiography in Australian uh, sporting history. In it, you reveal some stuff. You were frightened of the water and got seasick. What the hell? <laughs> What's that about? We're not frightened of the water, but long distance racing where I've got to get down below to get some rest. When I can't see the horizon, I'm in trouble. So I, I do get seasick, yeah. <laughs> but but <laughs> America's Cup racing, Olympics, not a problem. That's all day racing. Do you remember how you how you celebrated after it? How long did the celebration go for and, and what kind of antics did you get up to? Well, people around us celebrated, but we went, we went into our inner sanctum. We hadn't really drank, you know, beers and so on. You know, I had a beer and that was about it. It was just this relief that we could, we've got it done, you know. And people talk about that all the time. And, of course, then excitement. But the celebrations were were not as people would suggest. It was just this sense of relief. So our crew, our team, our loved ones, it was a small group. And then, of course, but people celebrating around us out in the, in the periphery was just going crazy in Newport. Um, it's an epic tale, and we look forward to having you on the front bar tomorrow night where you're going to be our special guest, and we're going to examine this in greater detail. This is where the boxing kangaroo came yep. from. Uh, I, I want to ask you about where the America's Cup is today. Boy, could you have understood where those boats were going to end up. Um, there was going to be so much to unpack with you. I cannot wait. That's on Channel 7 tomorrow night. Just quickly, who was the better sailor, Magellan or Captain Cook? <laughs> no, not interested. No, no. But Mick, Mick, you'll be kind to me tomorrow night, won't you? I cannot wait uh, to interview you. We've got some of the great archival footage, and it's you've aged very well. I will tell you, John. So. Uh, hang about. Uh, I can't good wait idea. for that chat. Uh, it's been so good to talk to you. I can't wait for tomorrow night. In the meantime, is it the greatest moment in Australian sport? Let's go to our calls. One triple three five three. What else is up there with it? Oh, Let nice. us know. One triple three five three. Our favourite caller here to family passes to Taronga Zoo. Your favourite sporting mm. moment. We're getting loads of calls. Uh, typically, the most popular, we won't put a call in there, but is Kathy Freeman, yep. of course, and her win at the 2000 Olympics, which will forever. Kathy lifting, goes up to Graham, takes the lead, looks a winner, draws away from Graham and Mary. This is a famous victory, a magnificent performance. What a legend. What a champion. It was amazing, wow. wasn't it? I think I remember her saying her first emotion was relief. Relief that was it over and that a weight of a nation had uh, finally evaporated. What about you, MG? Have you got one that sticks out for you that you like? Look, uh, that, is what, that is up there. I, I remember, yep. look, I, I've never been much of a, <clears throat> a soccer slash football lover. Yep. But I think the whole world were, um, or, whole, or most of Australia were, when we went back with Aloisi, put that goal in the net, uh, and we went through to our, our first World Cup since, uh, what, 75 or something, and, and we went so well. So probably Aloisi's up in the top three for mine as well. What a huge moment. Yeah! Wow. Just bumps. <laughs> I remember watching that in a pub, and one of the great things about it was it's rare that you're watching sport in a pub where everyone's barracking for the same team. And this, in True. it was a pub in Melbourne, and it was packed to the gunnels, and it had gone late, and everyone was so emotional. And it was one of those great, great moments. Shane Wall, ball of the century, oh, which has to uh, be in the conversation. 
First ball in Test cricket in England for Shane Warne. And he's done it. Gatting has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. He still doesn't know. He asked Kenny Palmer on the way out. Kenny Palmer just gave him a raised eyebrow and a little nod. And that's all it needed. What a start for Shane Warne. Oh, what, a what a start uh, that will echo through the ages. Scott's on the line. Scott, what was the moment for you? A smashing of guitars in the 100 metres in the Olympics. Oh, oh the, the famous uh, f- uh, f- relay yeah. win. Thorpe's in front. Thorpe and Hall. Thorpe goes in. Australia win. New world record. We have just, the Australians have just broken the American stranglehold on this race. The roof is lifting off this stadium. It was yeah, a fantastic is. moment, especially given all the trash yeah. talk that had gone on beforehand from the Americans. Uh, one of the great moments. I think we're missing a big one, though, MG, don't you? One that's not as obvious, but is still going to go down in history as one of the all-time greats. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think I do. Let's play it. Let's go. Stephen Bradbury. That's the one. Trying to hold up Lee. They bump. They bump. <laughs> Stephen well, Bradbury, it's, it's not often that your name goes into the vernacular. When no. when they say you're doing a Bradbury, uh, that is a famous thing to have around you. All great moments. Uh, I like the fact uh, we lost a caller who talked about Jeff Fennick finally being yeah. granted his third world title uh, yeah. to... The American Waller. Uh, the American Waller. One of the greats. Steve Bradbury. He was, yep. um, I did a speaking gig with him oh, about five years ago, and he, he goes into a lot of detail about how he had, you know, he broke his neck in yep. you know, earlier, and he, he said that all the years that I, and I'm, I'm recognized for this and I'll take it, but that no one's seen what I've gone through to, to get this gold medal. And he's, Correct. he's, he's inspiring, he's an inspiring character. He's, a, he's really good. If you're on the circuit, if you're yep. out there about, you listen to him talk, he, geez, he tells a good story. And it was a tactic. He tells yeah. you. It was a genuine tactic. He Stay knew that up. was his best shot. So he did it and he's taken the chockies. He, he nearly died. He cut himself with one of his blades. And if you ever, if you ever see the lacerations on his legs, it is a miracle he's still with us. And I tell you what, it's always a pleasure when we welcome a guest live into the studio. And especially uh, this man, he's a Gold Logie winner. He's the host of Hard Quiz. And his new show, Taskmaster Australia, premieres this Thursday, the 2nd of Feb on Channel 10. It's going to be bonkers. Make him welcome. It's Tom Gleeson. How are you, Tom? Yay. Oh, I'm great. Thanks for having me in. This is, I was so excited to host his show. Because yes. I did so much work for Channel 10 and then they let me go. And then I went to the ABC and I became really popular. Okay. And they came to me and they begged they for me begged to, come to come back. They begged for me to come and back. And that must have been very enjoyable for oh, you. very enjoyable. Um, it's, it's going to be as good as the day as when Triple M begged me to come back after firing me <laughs> 10 years ago. Whatever uh, you don't forget, do you, Tom? <laughs> you don't forget. Surely they came at you to host the project. I mean, I think that was Surely. A, was that offer on the table well, at any I mean, stage? They, they asked me, but I turned it down because I didn't want to ride that into yeah, anyway. I didn't want to ride it into the group. <laughs> You're a good company man. You you know how to fluff the pillows of yes, your own station, that's don't you? It. Hey, you know what though? You can get away with it because you've constructed that yes. kind of persona. You're not, you're the nastiest quiz show host in the history of quiz shows. Well, is I that think, a fair comment? No, I think it's. I think 
I'm uh, honest is the way I look at it. Yeah. All I do is I just give people an honest appraisal as to where they're up to. Yeah, well. So, And this happens in Taskmaster too. When someone's doing a terrible job, I just point it out at length. <laughs> And, uh, and if they've forgotten, I, I tell them a second time and a third, and then I throw to them an ad break and I do it again. You're good at that. So, <laughs> bring us up to speed with Taskmaster. Yeah. Uh, or what's it all about? It's you and a bunch of comedians, uh, I can see, and you'll be ringmastering this thing. What is it? Yeah, well, these comedians, they go out and they do all these tasks, and they're just like tedious things. Like There'll be like a, a bucket at, at the top of a 12-foot pole, and it's, how many eggs can you get into the bucket without breaking them? And you can yeah. do it in any which way that you want. Uh, and you get extra points for if it's funny, pretty much. So it's, so essentially the show is, it's about watching comedians cope. Can you hard boil the eggs? No, can't do that. Why oh, I'm marking down for that. Scramble? Can you, can you knock the top off them and put a little oh, bit of bread in it? Or? Oh. <laughs> it's nuts. You can't I, say knock the top off. Come on, mate. It's well, it's not what I meant. Well, but. they can do that after if they want to relax. Can you paint the eggs like you do when you're at Well, you, school? Can, you can paint it, but you, don't, you, you will not get extra points from me. On me. He's As turning you can on see, me now. I'm very, I'm very <laughs> particular very, about the rules. You're very edgy about this. Now, this has been a, a runaway success overseas. Uh, there you are. I can see the poster. It looks like you're doing all the heavy lifting, surrounded yeah, by yeah, some nice. dead weight. Yeah. Explain to me who else is, is making up the numbers <laughs> on this thing. Well, we've got uh, Julia Morris on the show, which is very exciting oh. because she's okay. been uh, sending people into the jungle and making them do humiliating yeah. tasks. <laughs> Oh, well. Oh, well, so now I've turned the tables. Well, welcome and I've to taken my world, that, Julia. Uh, uh, Gold Logie loser. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and I've got her. Uh, now she's doing the task and I get to comment. And you know the good thing about Taskmaster is it's, it's a bit like the jungle. Okay. Except you don't have to reveal your true self. You can just be funny and enjoy yourself. Do you have to eat anything terrible? Do you have to eat? Just no, you don't have to eat rubbish. <laughs> no, you just have to play along and not take yourself too seriously. Jeff, you know, if I went into the jungle, you know what I'd do? I'd kill all the men and keep all the women to spread my seed. I'd turn it into a real <laughs> oh, Lord of the Flies, <laughs> wow. last man. You know what I mean? Right. Really shake it up a bit. Okay. A bit Game of Thronesy. Eh? Right. I'd have some heads on pikes. <laughs> That'd be a good promo, wouldn't it? Oh, this this is something that you can sound triple M, not the ABC. That's what I'm feeling. <laughs> Tommy, how does a how does a young kid from Gunnedah get into yeah. the art of 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 com, uh, being a comedic genius like you are? How do you how what was your first foray into it, mate? How did you get? How did you become a comedian? Well, I was I was at university, and there was a stand up comedy competition. Yeah, and I saw everyone else who was on, and to be honest, it was most of the cast of The Chaser, right. and they didn't yes. do very well. And I thought I can beat them, and I was right, I did. I'll have a crack, and you got up. <laughs> I, I won five hundred bucks, and the rest. I'm like, I'm like, well, I'll keep doing this. The rest is history, and yeah. next thing you know, you're collecting gold logies and going on to find things. Gunnedah, is that where I spoke to you? Remember in lockdown? Yes, I spoke to you, mm -hmm. and this is when we were all doing it from home and by Zoom. Yes, if you remember, yeah. and on uh, our afternoon show on Triple M, we spoke to you from home. Yeah. Was that where you were, Gunnar? Or you you're in the country? I was in the country. No, I, I live in country Victoria. Do you remember yeah. what happened uh, when you were speaking to me? There was a there was a <laughs> knock on the door, and you said, "Oh my, I better get that." And it was someone delivering a package. That's right. And you did that during the course of a live interview on a national radio show. And it happened show. several times, <laughs> as I remember it. Uber Eats was it? Yeah, well, I don't know. They delivering. Kept... Yeah, I know. Oh, well. Right. We were very lax about COVID in the regional areas. <laughs> that was one of the that was one of the joys of COVID. Actually, it was like a drought for the cities, and in the country, we're like, finally, we get a win. It was a break with protocols. Let me tell you, Taskmaster Australia premiering this Thursday, second uh, of Feb. What time slot? 
7.30. Oh, the killing fields. Yes. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> killing fields. Oh, You'll be dragged out in a box. Oh, no, mate. Sleep. We're that. up against Married at First Sight. But luckily, 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 I haven't seen the figures yet, but I, I believe it's a dying franchise. <laughs> it's been out there for 10 years. It's stale. Right. It's time for people to move on. Leave that behind and you watch just, Taskmaster. Give it a go. Give it a go. Yeah, that's right. Now, listen. Just give us an insight into the first ep. Is there? You've mentioned who's who's on it, but uh, any particular task? Well, there's there? a task. I believe it's in the first episode where people have to make orange juice out of a pile of oranges without using their hands. Oh. And one of the contestants doesn't notice that detail, so they think they're doing very well. They think they're doing so well. My relationship with the orange started uh, when I used to sneak alcohol into the yes. MCG. Uh, I'd, I'd inject vodka into an orange yes, and you take about a dozen in. Yeah, right. And uh, next thing you know. Wow. I used to do the same brother. thing, but I didn't just inject it into my neck with no oranges. <laughs> yes. Anyway, it was a bad I, look. Kids, don't do that at home. Uh, speaking of kids, can I yeah. uh, say everyone went back to school yesterday in yeah. most places around the nation and especially here in Sydney. Uh, my boys, 10-year-old twin boys, yeah. uh, went back to school. Uh, Fred and Lenny. Fred's the oldest. Yeah. He's the heir. And Lenny, <laughs> I call it Fred the heir and Lenny the spare. All right. Yeah, yeah. spare. In case if something goes wrong with Fred, I've got, <laughs> I've got Lenny. Um, Ten-year-old twin boys went back to school, and do you? Is this your recollection of going? I cannot wait to get back to school because yeah. in my day, that wasn't a thing. No. In, in my day, I, I, and MG, you can speak to this too. But I used to hate going to school. These days, like friggin' Club Med. Oh, mate, they, they I was get... not excited. I, I went to boarding school in Sydney, oh. and I used to not look forward to it. My my mum used to, like, at the very end of the beach holiday, used to love shopping for school shoes. The yeah. most depressing day of the holidays. <laughs> you could be at the beach. You could be at the at, beach, no. You're at, some, you're at bloody some shoe shop. <laughs> looking for barter scouts. Looking for some Clarks. <laughs> looking for some Clark. <laughs> with, a, with, a compass, with a compass in it. <laughs> but, but yeah, my, with a compass. But me. And my, I'm slightly excited about the compass, my, just my, to take my mind off the fact that school is coming back. My school experience was, I don't know, will I get the strap or the belt today? Yeah. There was like none of this... There's school excursions, right? So yeah. we used to go. I, 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 one triple three five three. You can give us a call on this. But these kids these days are going off. Oh, where are you going? Oh, the Maldives. My what? boys come yeah. back today. I go. Oh, we're going to Canberra. Why? Oh, there's a zoo there. I go. There's a friggin' zoo here. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, my day. This is this was my school excursion. Mm. We got taken uh, <laughs> to a hot coil mill <laughs> on an industrial estate who was actually working. Yeah. And I, we came out burnt and was shoot on our face. And they had to do a they had to do a head count. Yeah. Is everyone here? Did everyone survive? I mean, what? Compare that to what's well, going I know, on. They're now. too posh these days. I, I I went to at my primary school. I went to a primary school out near Gunnada, yeah. as MG pointed out, and um, we went on a school excursion to my farm. <laughs> How boring is that? Everyone's like, oh, this is a cow. I'm like, I oh, know. No, it's, it's mine. mine. <laughs> Here's a we sheep. Were, so we what? Were, <laughs> I could fire a gun. Oh, we're not doing that today. Oh, that would be no, fun. What are we going to do is put mom, something down. Let's put one of the kindergarten <laughs> kids on a motorbike. <laughs> I no, tell you, mate, <laughs> thank you for blowing this up. Uh, we really appreciate it. 1-3-3-5-3, want to hear about your 
excursion. We're going to say goodbye to the busiest man in show business. I love your work, mate. I love watching you, your work. Uh, good luck with Taskmaster Australia. Uh, premiering this Thursday. What could go wrong? Oh, I'm sure it's going to be great. It's going to be it's great. On Channel 10. Yeah. Everyone watches Channel 10. Pencil yourself in for a Logie <laughs> right now. Uh, thanks, you, Tom Gleeson. Thank you. Yeah, one triple three five three school excursions. Where did you go? I know there were some shockers out there, and funny enough, I do have a family pass to Taronga Zoo for our paper. <laughs> oh, I went there. I went there. <laughs> Uh, where are you off to? Oh, we're off to the Maldives for a school excursion or <laughs> off to a zoo in Canberra. Not so in our day. Uh, I went to a hot coil mill. Where'd you go, MG? Oh, we had a, we had a kind of a rotating roster. We went to Bathurst to, the, to pan for gold, <laughs> which was never any, any gold. We went to old Sydney town always and yeah. always went to Featherdale Farm, which was about 10Ks from my house. So. <laughs> That's it for uh, a nice round trip. <laughs> Adrian's on the line. Adrian, back in the day, where did you go on your school excursion? Yeah, morning legends. Um, actually, I think you'd appreciate this one. Um, we went to Carlton United Breweries. Um, oh, hang on, how old were you? How old were you? Uh, grade four, so uh, <laughs> like, still single, still single figures. Um, it was to yeah. do with uh, business in quotes, um, yeah. and the teacher snuck away and came back smelling like beer. Back then, <laughs> I didn't know what it was, but uh, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I hope he wasn't driving the school bus on the way home. That's all no, I can say. No, definitely not. Grade four kids going to a brewery. That's what we're looking for. Give us a call, one triple three five three. Cat, where did you go? What was your We school went school? somewhere near the northern beaches. We got on a bus and went to a swamp land and took samples. And yes. came back. <laughs> for what? Wow. Don't know. No, it was science. Uh, William's on the line. William, uh, where did you go on your school excursion? A uh, milk processing plant. A milk processing plant. That's... You know, pinch yourself. That's a great day out. How'd you go? Well, I'm lactose intolerant, so I'm not <laughs> Well done, William. Thanks for the call. Peter's on the line. Peter, where'd you go on your school excursion? Uh, Mick, great to have you up in Sydney. Uh, mate, we went to Club Dead. They took us to an abattoir. And, and south of oh. How old were you? Uh, I think we were about 10 or 11. Yeah, they oh. decided to take us through the killing room. Oh, oh there you go. That's great fun. Wow. Come home covered in blood. How was school yeah. today? Yeah, I saw a cow being chopped oh, I saw a cow being killed, and I'm now a vegetarian. Well done, Peter. Tim's on the line. Where'd you go, Tim? Um, back in year seven, we went to a sewage processing plant. <laughs> a sewage <laughs> a sewage treatment plant in year seven. What yeah, a they, what a richy what a richy school. They took you past all the sewage ponds and that, and at the very end they had, like, where they'd squash the poo down into the water <laughs> and they were getting kids to drink it. Oh, 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 oh no, 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 I know that. No, they're, they're demonstrating <laughs> how, drink, how the recycling process works. Yep. Yep. A load of fun for a bunch of kids. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> uh, Wayne, where did you? Where'd they take you for school uh, excursion? Oh, they took us to the uh, GMH Holden factory out of Pagewood. Oh. That's a win. That's a win. Was that great? They didn't put you on the production line, did they? No, they took us through. But, yeah, I don't know what it was all about. But the only thing I remember is they opened up the furnace where they baked the paint on there and it uh, yeah. nearly knocked us over and nearly but, fizzled us all. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's where I was. At the, at, the hot, at the hot coil mill, they're actually tipping over big vats of molten stuff. It's been minutes from us. There's ash in the air. 
It's hot. I can physically feel the heat. Hard hat would be good, anyone? Why, why are all you guys wearing hard hats and the kids aren't? That was, that was my complaint. Thanks, Wayne. Chris, uh, where'd you go on your school excursion? Well, I was in uh, Canberra in uh, year 10 in the 1980s, and we came up to Sydney to visit the CSR sugar refinery in Piermont, which would have been good. Uh, yep. But they had a stay at the dodgiest hotel in the heart of King's Cross. Oh, so no. we, had a bit of, we had a bit of free time. And there were literally 20, 20 14, and 15-year-olds just roaming the streets. Um, All right, kids, but, be back up. Be back before dark. Yeah. Oh, sticklers for the rules in those days. Sonia's on the line. Sonia, where'd you go for your school excursion? Maccas. Maccas? Maccas. Okay. Tell well, me they year four. I was in they, year four. <laughs> and they sent you to Macca's. That oh. is it. I'm sure they put yep. you to work. Time for one more. Michael, uh, where'd you go on your school excursion? Uh, we gave, I went to Cowra High School and yep. we were taken all the way to Brookwood Cemetery. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think Brooklyn. we have a winner. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, you're off to the zoo, Michael. <laughs> I want to run a name by you, see if you recognise this name, MG. Marie Kondo. Ringing any bells? Do you know yeah, who I'm talking her, about? Heard of her, yeah. She's the organiser, isn't she? She is the... Well done. I wasn't expecting you to be uh, across <laughs> this. Uh, she's the... Well, the queen of clean. Yeah. Here's what they call her. And she, guess what? Uh, she's, what? The, she, she's the expert who would de- come around, declutter your home and say, have a look at that item. If you don't love it, get rid of it. Yep. Uh, or get rid of absolutely everything. Well, guess what? She's given up on tidying <laughs> since the birth of a third child. You know what? Here's a quote. Ah, my home's messy now. By the way, Good. I'm spending my time in the right way. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, messy. Tidying up, less of a priority. That's going to come as great news to a lot of people who threw all this stuff out when she said, get yeah. rid of your stuff. <laughs> oh. yeah, they'll, be, they'll be rapt to hear that, won't they? A lot of I people think, upset. I think seeing a bit of clutter in a house, not too much clutter, but I've seen, seen a few clothes here and there and a bit of a, mm. maybe a wet towel over that lounge or something. I think that oh. makes it more homely. Uh, if I go to a home and it's spotless, I've got, an, I've got a, red, uh, a, a red light going on. I'm just going, something's going on here. It's my lounge room's got a chalk outline on it and police yeah, so, tape up as we <laughs> speak. CSI. Hey, if that's her new style, then my house is very Marie Kondo, if you know what I mean. Um, That's incredible stuff, isn't it? After all that time to go, after telling everyone else what to do, she's now a hoarder. Her room's probably stuffed with stuff. Even unwashed dishes are probably piled up neatly on the sink. She's a hypocrite. Well, Look, I'm not saying I'm messy, but like I like to leave... uh, my underpants sunny side up on the bathroom floor. Oh, oh no. no, mate. And the odd bullet hole in the bathroom towel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, girls, what do you like? Cat, what do you like? Do you keep a tidy house? No, not really. My shoes, wherever I take them off, that's where they stay. That's where they lay. Tash? I oh. am a shocking hoarder. I've still got my year 12 school uniform. Oh, so my God. And you I believe you still put it on in the boudoir occasionally. <laughs> For Friday nights and wedding anniversaries. <laughs> yeah, Glennie. Here she comes, Glennie. Another great yeah. day, guys. Well done, MG. Well done, Kat. Well done, Tash. Great day working with you guys as it's always. A pleasure. Well, always. before you go, mate, we've, we've got a little something to talk about. Um, last, 
last uh, night we saw something. If you're watching Australian Idol, <laughs> you saw some absolute gold. Um, we saw a, a couple of weeks ago with Carlos and Clarkie at Noosa. Uh, well, a... Mick and Sam Pang have recruited. <laughs> oh, here we go. This is going to be an Oscar. Oh, Which version are you play? Are you going to play well, this? Well, I think we're going to oh, we're going to play the bit, the bit. We're going to beep something out. You know, we're no. going to play the authentic one because <laughs> it's the one that's on your Instagram. It's on our Instagram at the moment. So, right. talk us through. What, where was that at? Which park? Uh, we filmed this in a park uh, <laughs> not far from the studio, to be honest, yeah. and pretended it was Noosa and tried to recreate the magic. I played the role of Michael Clark, and of course, I you did. Uh, I had to put on 10 pounds for the roll. Um, yeah, what about your hammy? You've done your hammy. And Pangy's, Pangy's playing Carlos. Uh, here's how it unfolded. You're a f-ing dickhead, Pang. I'm telling you, it's this Wednesday, front bar, all sports national. You are a liar. I swear on my daughter's life. You don't even have a daughter. I swear on Andy Marr's life. That means even f-ing less. Don't you walk away from me, Pangos. Oh, f-ing. now I've done my hammy. That's not your hammy, that's gout, you fat. Yep. Uh, my BAFTA what? is on the way. On the way, baby. That is some good acting <laughs> your, right there. Your, some good gout acting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what a show we've had today. It's been great. Who's on tomorrow, guys? Do we know? Uh, I'll get back. No. Get, yeah, get we'll back talk, to we'll, me. We'll discuss it later. <laughs> great stuff, guys. See you in the morning. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Sydney. Nick Malloy, MG in the morning.